Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Do you wish you could spend time with others who have also lost a child? Just be able to take your mask off and hang out with others who get it? Would you like to get away for a few days having no responsibilities, including cooking and cleaning, and just be? Want to attend a grief retreat to help with a measure of needed healing? Do you like to travel to beautiful tropical destinations? Well, GPS Hope is joining the Grief Cruises Seminar at Sea program, which is the only onboard programming created specifically for grieving families. It doesn't matter how much time has passed since the loss of your child or the age of your child when he or she passed. Some of the activities going on will be daily workshops with educational and captivating grief presenters, small group circles of hope specific to your type of loss. There will be a candle walk and night of remembrance on one of the decks to honor our children and those we've lost. Our group dinners will be reserved in a section of the dining room where we'll be able to sit together when we eat our meals musical performances, arts and crafts, and more, plus the live entertainment on the ship, shore excursions, and incredible food of a five-star cruise. This cruise seminar is for any type of loss, grandchildren, siblings, spouse, parents, and GPS Hope will have several workshops at this seminar specifically for bereaved parents. It's December 5th through the 11th of this year, 2021. You can put down a deposit and make payments up through September 21st, and you can get a full refund on your cabin until September 21st. Get all the information, including the itinerary and the prices, at gpshope.org cruise. If you sign up through our website, You'll also be helping us continue providing support and resources for grieving parents because GPS Hope will receive a portion of your seminar fee. So go to gpshope.org cruise for all the information. Let your family and friends know about it. And Dave and I hope to see you in December on the ship. We are in a series talking about grief and music. And right now I have Yolanda with me. Hi, Yolanda. Hello. Yolanda is uh, one of our facilitators for a, a GPS Hope Sharing Care Group. And we actually spend a lot of time together online. So I'm really happy to have you here with me today, Yolanda. It's great to be here. And let me go ahead and give you a proper introduction. So Yolanda Rory is a licensed and certified speech language pathologist, blah, 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 speech language pathologist. That's funny. (laughs) Say that one right. She began her employment with the Ohio State University as a clinical assistant professor in 2016. She currently teaches and provides clinical supervision to graduate students in the OSU Speech Language Hearing Clinic. Yolanda is also a singer-songwriter who shares original songs of hope and victory with those who are grieving the loss of a child. She has released one album and two singles since 2018. 
And that is why Yolanda is here, because she shares the same journey of grieving the loss of her son. And it's just kind of opened some things up for her music-wise and worship-wise. So Yolanda, can you start out? First of all, I'm interested. I don't remember. How did you find us? How did you find GPS Hope? Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember. I found you through a friend of mine. She's actually a mentor or like a second mom to me. And somehow, I don't know how she found out about you all, but she gave me your name. She Mm. said, there's this speaker and author named Laura Deal. And she sent me the information. And um, from there, I looked, you know, the website. And I think at that point, I began to reach out, trying to figure out, you know, all this stuff I was experiencing was normal. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, because I do hear that somewhat often is that someone else, it's almost like I'm concerned for my friend or my sister or whoever it is. And they Mm -hmm. go online and start saying, I got to find somebody to help them. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's really neat. Can you go ahead and share your son's story with us? Sure. Sasha is our oldest child, our oldest son. And, um, he is just a, is just a really super bright little boy. And, um, just one week he wasn't feeling well and, you know, taking him to the hospital, they sent us back home, you know, just thinking it's just a normal virus. And, and he just rapidly declined within the span of about four days and passed away very suddenly, um, very unexpectedly, Mm. um, in August of 2017. And, at the time we were just, we were just clueless. We didn't know how could this happen. And later we found out that he had an undiagnosed heart defect, um, that, that was the reason he went into cardiac arrest. So Mm -hmm. that is the, I guess the very short version of, um, of, of what happened. Wow. You just don't expect something like that with a child that young at all. Wow. No. Can I ask, was he like back in the hospital when, when he passed or was he at home? I mean, was it something that you kept was, taking him back? Yeah, no, he, um, so we took him, it was for what we thought were virus mm-hmm. type of symptoms. And so um, heart never even crossed, crossed our mind. And so yeah. he was actually at home, which made it, I think all the mm. more traumatic. Yes. So we had to call in, um, you know, uh, mm. EMT services to come and, um, and they even, you know, we're trying to work on him out in the mm. parking lot, you know, of our apartment and yeah. um, I ended up riding to the, you know, to the hospital with them in the ambulance. So mm-hmm. I believe that he passed at home, but, you know, they have to do that type yeah. of documentation at the hospital. Yeah. Now you have since moved. Yes. How was that for you? It was bittersweet. Um you know, on one hand, we wanted to leave that apartment because mm-hmm. that it just held so many painful memories. On the other hand, we felt like we were leaving him yeah. if we left that mm-hmm. apartment and being in this new house that we're in now, it, um, in some ways we're grieving the loss that he didn't get a chance to experience yes. being here. Mm-hmm. And so Sasha it, was, has, it was still pretty stressful. Yeah. And Sasha has a younger brother. Yeah. Seth, um, Seth is now eight, which is another um, challenge in of itself because he has now surpassed the age that Sasha right. was. Right. Isn't that, it's strange. It's like, so is he his older brother or younger, I mean, younger brother. Right. I, I yeah. mean, it's like, that's just one of those things that you just, mm-hmm. yeah. One of those crazy things that some of us deal with, with that. Mm-hmm. And this is still very fresh for you. 
So Mm -hmm. let's go Mm -hmm. ahead and turn a corner here and get into some of the music and the worship. Now, worship has Mm -hmm. been an important part of your life. Yes. So have you been part of a church worship team? What's that been for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so all of my adult life, I've always been part of some type of worship team or choir. Before Sasha passed away, I was on a worship team singing and also playing keys. Mm. Um, so I've, I've just, I've done that, you know, all of my life and um, it's something, a place where I found strength. It was a place that I really, really enjoyed um, mm-hmm. in developing those skills. So when Sasha died, were you like able to get right back on the worship team? Did you step down for a long time when you came back? What was it like for you? So I, I really think that I went back too early, quite honestly. So he died in August and then I, I ended up going back and started playing again in October. Ooh, that's thinking very that early. maybe that would, yes. maybe that would help me mm-hmm. not realizing that it was just too much. I, I wasn't, I was having a hard time memorizing the music because we couldn't use the chord okay. charts or anything okay. when we were playing. I was having a hard time memorizing the music. It just, it, it exhausted me. And so I ended, I remember it was a Sunday in January where I played. And I remember as I was playing, I couldn't even focus. Mm. I was saying like, God, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. And that, that was my last Sunday playing, I'd say for probably about another, I'd say another several months. I don't think it was a full year, but uh, definitely another several months where I just realized I just can't do this. Mm-hmm. Did you sit up there and cry while you were playing? I know when I went back on the worship team, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. told them if I, cause they were asking me and yeah. it's like, I'll stand up here and cry. <laughs> I know I will. <laughs> and they said, that's okay because we want people to see the real you know, mm-hmm. and, and so I'd stand up there on the platform and cry tears running down mm-hmm. my face. Yeah. I don't really uh, feel like I had that type of support mm-hmm. quite honestly. Okay. Um, I felt like I had to, like I had to perform Yeah, in a way, like I needed to have it together. And I don't really think mm-hmm. that I, and while I was on the team, I don't think I felt close to anyone in mm-hmm. that way to be able to share that. Yeah which is completely different to with where I am right now. Um, I actually talked with the worship leader before I ever started playing or anything again and just told her it's, now I, is this I the can't... same worship team in the same church or is this something different? Okay. Yeah, it's a different one. Yeah. We'll, different we'll, one. we'll and... touch on that in a minute then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To- totally different. And you know, there, you know, it was just so painful to, to go back, but I actually approached the worship leader and I said, you know, I can't even promise you that I'll be able to remember all of the, the, the notes or what I'm supposed to play. And I was actually, I think Sasha's death really changed things for me because I was more, I was very transparent with her. Mm. I said, I can't even promise you. Mm-hmm. And her response was that we care more about you as a person than about what you can do for us. Mm. If you need to have the music up there, you have the music up there. We just mm. want you to be here. And so it was still a while before I made that decision to go back, but having that support made all the difference for me. Yes. Oh, I can see that for sure. For sure. So when you stepped down from the worship team, did you step down from going to church services totally at that point? Did you just need to pull back from everything or did that, was that kind of a process also? I actually did stop going for a little while. Um, It wasn't too, too long. I just needed the quiet, you know, I just needed Mm -hmm. to not not be around people because it wasn't necessarily the the church itself, but it was just that um, 
it was just overwhelming for mm-hmm. me to be around people. Yeah. It's just too much, too, you know, yes. too much energy. Yes. But then, you know, once I did go back to, and started going to this new church, I would just sit in the back and I would cry mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. throughout worship. I would just stand in the back and cry. And then after that, I would just, I'd quickly leave. I'd go pick up Seth from the kids ministry. And then we, and then we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I needed that. That was healing for me just to be able to just sit, you know, in God's presence with the people, but not necessarily interacting yes. with them. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes so many parents that I hear from, it's like, but if I go to church, I'm just going to stand there and cry. And it's like, but what's wrong with that? The church is supposed to be a place of healing. It's yes. supposed to be, we shouldn't have to, it's like how many people around us are trying to hold it together because they're in church. Mm-hmm. Right. There's something wrong with that picture. Yes, I absolutely. have to hold it together because I'm at church. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with that. <laughs> so to be able to find mm-hmm. a place where you can just, yeah, and it, and if it means finding a different place or if it means not going for a while, because it's it's not the institution, it's the presence of God. Right, exactly. And that's exactly. what and we his need. People, his people, yes. that community, like we need each other and mm-hmm. find that community in different ways. Exactly. Yes, yes, very much. Yes. So worship has been important to you. And the other day you shared something with me that you did for a while that I just thought was, wow, that's really something. And it had to do with Sasha's room. Yeah. So he and Seth shared a room before Sasha, uh, before Sasha died. And then after Sasha died, we moved Seth out of that room and just created his own, you know, bedroom. And, and so we would just put junk and stuff in that mm-hmm. other room and would close the door and wouldn't go in there. Like it literally, it was just so mm-hmm. heavy to go in there. And at one point I remember thinking, you know, I just, let me just take my keyboard in there. And I would go in there, I'd stare at their names that we'd have on the wall. And I would just, I would sit there, I would play the keyboard, I would worship in there and I would just cry. I would just cry. It was just so heavy, but I knew that I needed to process his not being in that room anymore. Mm-hmm. And so for me, just worship, it was just being in God's presence in all of that brokenness and letting him hold me mm-hmm. during that brokenness in that room, knowing that, you know, he was with me all the time. He was with Sasha all the time. Mm-hmm. Just being able to feel his presence was, was uh, a big part of that healing process. Yeah. Why do you think music is so important in the healing and the grieving process. What are your thoughts well, on that? Yeah, well, we, we know that, you know, uh, music has like a, a huge effect on the brain in general mm-hmm. um, and our emotions. And that's actually, I mean, that's scientific. And so we do know that. And I think that because of that, the music also then affects like the emotional hurt. You know, I, I think that it. I'm not quite sure exactly how to word it, but I, I do know that it is, it's therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly like all of the mechanics behind it, but I just know that it's therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, they have music therapy programs yes, where they go yes. into hospitals and people, you know, they notice improvement in patients, even when it's just regular, you know, not necessarily worship music, but um, just music in general. Mm-hmm. And I think having that added um, component of, of music, that's about God, right? Being as he is our healer, yes. I think that makes an even bigger impact yeah. um, in the healing process for us. Yeah, I know 
many years ago, I realized that, I mean, God created music and he created it to be a pathway to our soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is the purpose of music. It's a pathway to our soul. Yeah. So, you know, you're just talking about like the healing therapy music and that kind of a thing. Do you mm-hmm. think that the type of music we listen to in the deepest part of our grief makes a difference in whether or not it brings yeah. healing? I absolutely do. Absolutely do. I mean, I think, you know, you can listen to music that's that's depressing, that speaks mm-hmm. to right? Depression that speaks to being sad and, oh yes, you have a right to be sad and you should be sad and you, you know, you should stay Mm -hmm. there. I think that a lot of, there's a lot of music that caters to that darkness Mm -hmm. and that just draws you just further into it. And I think it's really critical to listen to music that brings hope Mm -hmm. during those dark, dark periods. An example that I have, and I shared this story at, at church is that um, a song from my previous album is called Break the Darkness. And I happened to be, I was laying on the couch um, at our old apartment and Seth was asleep in his bedroom. And um, my husband, Eric, was out of town. And I just felt this darkness, mm. like this darkness. I'd never thought about trying to take my own life. But in that moment, I did. Mm. Like I kept thinking about like, all I need to do is get up and go to the kitchen and get mm. a knife, you know, and cut myself. And I just it felt like it was trying to consume me. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember crying and saying, God, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that to Seth. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't have him come out here and find his mom. And so I remember crying out the words of that song, um, shine your light, break the darkness. Mm-hmm. And I just kept saying it over and over and over again. And it's like, it just broke it. Like mm-hmm. it lifted and that, I mean, that is critical, like to have some type of hope, something to lift you up, you know, out of that darkness so that you don't spiral down into it. Mm-hmm. And there's something about putting the words with music that just brings even more power to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And there's obviously music that can agitate us also. And yes. <laughs> so, yeah, to be just yeah. really careful about what you're listening to during Mm -hmm. that time, definitely. So you just mentioned that you had written one song and you've written several songs recorded Mm -hmm. and you're working on a project right now. Is there something you're working on right now? Okay. I'd like to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm working on a new single and I'll actually be in the studio um, next Saturday. And this song, it's it's about um, really the the depths of um, like being in the depths of grief. So the song itself is dealing with like, who was the real enemy, Hmm. right? So when we're grieving, I can know like when I'm grieving, you know, relationships, you know, oftentimes get damaged. It's very traumatic, like on a marriage and on family relationships. And I think what we have the tendency to do is to lash out at each other Mm-hmm. when, when it really, it is the enemy is trying to take advantage yes. of this situation and destroy the family and destroy mm-hmm. the purpose that God has. And so this song is all about, you know, recognizing who that real enemy is and asking God to shine his light, to reveal and expose mm. what Satan's lies are. So that way Satan cannot get victory um, over us or overcome us, you know, while we're in our most vulnerable state, I believe you, um, I think I was reading a devotional that you, um, wrote about 
we're often are, we have a red target on us Yes. during these times and when we're the most vulnerable and, and, you know, the enemy really wants to come in and, and to destroy that. Yeah. So um, this one, it, it's, it's about recognizing who the real enemy is. Mm, sounds really good. Really good. So we're going to close out by playing a clip for everyone from a song you wrote called Victorious. So tell me a little bit about that song. Yeah. So Victorious, um, it, it starts out again, it's like I'm having this conversation. I'm talking, um, talking to the enemy about um, how, you know, you thought I was destroyed, right? It's mm. almost like laughing at him saying, yes, this happened, right? I don't believe that, you know, that, that Satan did, it, you know, but this happened, right? Mm. My son was taken away. And the enemy's purpose for that, like he'd love to see me just be destroyed. Just mm-hmm. be so, so devastated that I can't get up, that I can't do anything, but my salvation rose. So like Jesus, Jesus's death paved the way for me to be, for me to rise out of that darkness. And because of that, I am victorious. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's really what it's all about. It's, it's about Jesus and, and his victory, how his victory gives us victory. Now that victorious can look different. Like I tell people oftentimes that my victorious one day may be that I got up and I took a shower. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And that's victorious. Victory. I got out of bed, right? Yes. <laughs> I yes. made it to work. That's mm-hmm. victorious. Yeah. So it can look different. It doesn't mean that there's this pretty bow on it all the time. And that it means like, oh my gosh, you know, you made it through. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. It means that I'm still in the middle of it. Yes. But I am one day at a time letting God help me and guide me through it. Oh, I love that. I love that. So before we play part of this song, I just want to give you a chance to let people know how they can connect with you. You know, if it's Facebook or a, on YouTube or website or whatever, how can people get a hold of your music and find you? And Not we'll put sure. that in the so, show notes too. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I am on Facebook. Uh, my music page is, is Yolanda Blade Rory. Yolanda Blake Rory music on Facebook. And then I'm also on Instagram. It's at Blade Rory um, on Instagram as well. And a lot of my music is on um, pretty much any digital outlet. So Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon. Um, And you just look it up under Yolanda Blade Rory and you'll find it. All right. And I encourage people to do that, especially after they listen to what they're going to hear. So Yolanda, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, yes. Okay. And you and I will be (laughs) talking and in touch again shortly. And for everyone else here is Victorious. You thought I was destroyed, crushed beneath the weight of this tragedy. Still a tragedy, but my salvation rose. All power in your hands, and He laughs at you because He knows your end. And this time, I remind you your end. I'm
Wow, what a song. I know it may seem hard for some of you to relate to that right now, the whole theme of being victorious, but after hearing Yolanda share why she wrote it, I'm praying you will be able to come back to it occasionally as something you want to reach for and to be able to grab a hold of, to believe it for yourself. And now it's time for our birthday segment. William Burke was born on February 20th and is forever 29. Dennis Santos was born on February 23rd and is forever 31. Yafet Haidish was born on February 27th and is forever 21. We celebrate with these families the day that these children came into the world. We know how important that is to still recognize that day. If you want to have your child announced on this podcast and allow us to celebrate with you as well, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays. Submit the form. It's just the information that we need to be able to announce your child the week of his or her birthday, and I would be blessed and honored to be able to do that. Like I said while talking to Yolanda, music is a pathway to the soul. It's going to evoke emotion in you and maybe even make you cry, and sometimes that's why we don't want to listen to music, because we know it's going to cut deep. But those tears are a pathway to healing, allowing yourself to be ministered to in the very deepest part of your soul. When I say healing, I'm not talking about everything going away and being all better. I'm talking about getting to the point where you can function again and not just survive, but you can actually thrive. You can have a life of meaning and purpose again, and music is going to help you get there. I hope you join me next week to hear more on this topic of grief and music. Until then, hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.